Hey friends, it's Tao here. Anyone who is in any kind of business where they are responsible for running the ship has faced the whole work-life balance conundrum. But I think entrepreneurs face an even tougher situation when it comes to carving out time for yourself, your family, and your friends, especially when you are launching and running a new business. I've said this before in previous shows, but you have to ask yourself the question, what kind of life do you want? That is the ultimate big question. Yes, you've put all of your time and energy into this, and yes, the business needs you to keep going, but it's so important to establish limits and intentionally making sure that your business doesn't swallow you alive because it can if you let it. Asking yourself that question and remembering, sure, maybe there is a season where I really have to give more than I'm comfortable with, but it's worth it because all of that sacrifice at some point will give me the life that I want. And knowing what that means to you will help you keep your eye on the prize and also keep you from burning out in the process. I've definitely faced this and I really needed some help to move away from I work all the time mode. I am a self-proclaimed workaholic. Work has always been a big focus of my life, mostly because I've enjoyed it so much, but it's just my second nature. But I really needed at some point to pull back a little bit. Otherwise, I was just going to burn myself out and hate my life, which is not the goal at all. So when I was working through this process, we started to get to a point in our business where we really needed to pull in some outside help. So we started looking to consultants to help us in different aspects of our business. And one of those consultants is our guest today, Coach Colleen Aldridge, is my dear friend, colleague, confidant, mentor, and hero, and known to us and our community as Coach Colleen. Coach Colleen has years of experience in HR where she was committed to building diversity and equity in workplaces. She has springboarded off of that experience to create her own boutique consulting company called Be More that helps women in leadership like me and also companies rebuild morale and create equitable, inspiring cultures. She's done work for Fortune 100 companies who are moving millions through their companies each day and then also small business owners like myself. And she helps to shape and mold people into skillful, compassionate, amazing leaders. I'm so thrilled and honored and excited to introduce the one and only Coach Colleen, one of my very best friends. Hi, Coach Colleen. Thank you for being on the show. Hello. 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 I'm so excited to be here with you. One, because I feel like we talked about this probably a year ago. And now here we are. Like, I love it. I'm so excited. This podcast, you know, we've been working on for a year and now it's actually here and we get to talk together and share all of the things uh, like, you know, actually kind of taking some of our conversations to a public platform and then getting to just share your wisdom, because this really could just be your show <laughs> with the Coach Colleen show, with all the advice and good things that you add to the world. But today, we're specifically talking about work and life and balance. And I honestly hate that whole moniker because I think it kind of conveys that you should get to some magic place where you're like, ah, life is here and work is here and there's some magic balance that you're sitting on a mountaintop zen-like and that it's like all 
this some peaceful place. So what are your thoughts on like that phrase and what does that mean to you? Work-life balance. What does that mean? It means nothing to me <laughs> because I think, honestly, I think the reality of just life, especially as a business owner, is that there is no magical combination, right? Part of what I really think we need to start talking about is how are we integrating work and life together better? And also, how are we managing the imbalances? Because some days it is more life than it is work, and some days it is more work than it is life. And so how do I manage emotionally and physically and mentally the imbalances that are just a part of life, right? And I think part of what is overwhelming and frustrating for so many people is they are looking for that magical moment where they can be like, this is it. This is this is where I'm balanced at. And they are searching for it and searching for it and they never find it. So they feel like they're failing when really it's how do I manage that imbalance and how am I integrating my work and my life together better? Yeah. And I think the idea that even, especially if you are a business owner and a parent, the fact that life and work are even separate things. Cause I, you know, for our life, Mike and I, like, we just do life together. There's no, like, this is our love life. This is our parent life. And this is our work. Like it all just mashes and smashes together. And so even the thought of that, they're even two spheres, I think just sets you up for disappointment because if you, again, if you have this expectation that, oh, at some point I'll punch out at five and I'll go home and just do my life stuff. I think there are people out there who are able to live in that space. And I think that's wonderful. I know for me, that has never been the case because I just kind of work and it's something I enjoy. And I think it's important to, you know, put a light on that, that there's not like some magical place that you get to and it is just managing managing the different things and tensions and stresses on your life and what you called imbalances. What are kind of the pitfalls that you see kind of repeated in terms of like issues that people bring up when it comes to that space of like, how do I just juggle everything all the time? Yeah, it's interesting because I think about this often just in terms of what do people most need right now based off of information that I'm getting from the work that I'm doing in these different companies. And one of the big ones, I think, is a lot of leaders, a lot of business owners really get stuck in being nice versus what I call being kind. And so a lot of us that started business were overachievers by nature. So we feel a sense of pride in the work that we do. I often talk about the B plus effort, but really it's like a lot of us are trying to get those straight A's in every part of our lives, which then causes us to fall into this like trap of niceness with people instead of being kind. And so to me, the difference is nice is just letting people get by with like over throwing your boundaries, right? <laughs> or not having boundaries to begin with. Versus kindness is truly the kindest thing that I can do 
for you and for me and for our relationship and for our future relationship is to say, hey, this is what I need from you in order for us to have a great relationship and be honest about that. And so that's one of the biggest things that I see. I would say another thing in business and small business specifically is I hear a lot of business owners say, we're like a family. This is like a family when you come into work here. And I get the notion of it. And I appreciate the notion of it. But you don't fire your sister. And so it sets up this unrealistic expectation for what that relationship should be. And then I think it's hard to give feedback or honest feedback because you don't want to hurt your family member. What I really think we should start thinking about work is like, how are we a community, a community that supports each other, but we support each other by being honest with each other and giving each other feedback and saying, hey, I think that this is no longer a good fit for you. And so for your own sake, for your own health, for your own well-being, I think it might be time for you to move on to something else. So many small businesses hold on to people much longer than what they need to be there. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of people and HR, I do want to backtrack a little. And can you give just a little background on your work experience? What kind of brought you to create your own consulting business? And you have so many talents that you bring to the table, HR being one of them. But I would love for you to share your story about kind of all the different realms that you have worked in before. Yeah. So my first like HR experience was in college. I went to a small liberal arts college, worked in the campus center on that college. The second year that I worked there, they said, we need someone to kind of help with the employee side of this. Can we make you an assistant manager? We don't really know what that means yet, but we know that we need someone to help write the employee handbook. I knew nothing about any of that. So it was really like trial by fire, but I liked it. And then my senior year of college, I did an internship in state government in the HR office and I loved it. I was like, well, this is fun. And they offered me a full-time job before I graduated. And originally I was in the training and development office in state government. And so I got to watch like, how do you put together training for adults? How do you teach adults? Because it's different than how you teach kids. How do you put together curriculum? Then I moved to the EEO and diversity office. And that was truly just like a game changing experience for me because I was the second person in that office. And we built it from the ground up. I started this business very accidentally, though. I spoke at a conference on preventing harassment and discrimination in workplaces. And there was a guy from a major corporation at this conference, and he came up to me and said, hey, we would love for you to come and do this same talk to the managers in our region. And I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't do that. Like, I just, that's not what I do. Right. Yeah, I have this other job. Like, no. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. And then two weeks later, he calls me and says, listen, we've given it some thought. We really want you. Here's what we'll pay you to come. 
for two days. And it was a third of my yearly salary. And I was like, we will figure something out. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so that is literally how I started my business. I never imagined that it would grow into what it is now. I think what I enjoy about being in the space with you is a certain calmness that you have. I would like to know how you keep it together. Let's dive into the idea of boundaries because I think that's so important in the topic that we're talking about today and just in life in general because you've given talks about boundaries. You're an expert on this. I feel like you as a person professionally and personally hold really good boundaries that are healthy and help you to live the life you want to live. What do you see as a pitfall when it comes to boundaries? I think you talked a little bit about people worrying about being nice. And so how do you tactically build better boundaries? How do we actually get there? Yeah. One thing that I always like to tell people when I start a conversation about boundaries is this. Every healthy relationship has boundaries. That is a sign of health in any relationship. If you are in a relationship that has no boundaries, it's probably really toxic and unhealthy. And so it's an important part of how you walk through the world is just having boundaries. One of the things that I see most, especially with women, is we're not taught to have boundaries. We're taught to just accommodate everybody else. And because we're not taught to have boundaries, as we are starting to get older and develop ourselves and it just becomes a harder thing to do, it would be like, I just turned 40. If I at 40 was like, what I really want to do is learn how to do a backflip. And I've never taken a gymnastics class before. I'm not going to do it well the first several hundred times. <laughs> the same thing with boundaries. And I think that we expect it to be easy when it's not, especially if we've never done it. And so the first thing that I usually recommend people do is to start with themselves. It's easy to think about boundaries that you might need with other people, but like what boundaries do you need with yourself and practice having those boundaries with yourself? Things like, I don't answer text messages on the weekend. I think often people need to start with setting personal boundaries with themselves. And so that looks like saying, what will I do or what won't I do on the weekends? Or what will I do or what won't I do after five o'clock? And then holding yourself to those boundaries. If you can enforce boundaries with yourself and keep those boundaries with yourself, it becomes a lot easier to do it with other people. I've often seen that the people that have a hard time with boundaries with other people usually have pretty lax boundaries with themselves too. Yeah, that's a great, I, I don't know that I ever really thought about it in that way because I've always thought a boundary is like me versus another person and how I interact with other people, be it work, life, kids. So yeah, I think that's fantastic. You can influence, but you physically cannot change other people. And so you have to do the work within yourself to be able to show up in the space to be in the life that you want to be in. And I think for boundaries, I think one of the best lessons 
I ever heard, and maybe it was from you, I can't remember where I heard it from, but boundaries when it comes to other people is you are training other people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. If that's a romantic relationship, if that is a work relationship, that's a kid relationship. I have to do that with my kids. Like you will not talk to mommy that way. That's just not acceptable. And, you know, using that same kind of space of like, no, that's not okay. But it's so hard because you want to be nice and you don't want to like say something that is critical to someone else. But showing it up in that space actually is kind because we're not mind readers. So we have to communicate what it is we need for our life to be able to hold the boundary. Tao here, popping in to share my excitement about one of my favorite companies in the whole world, Holly Hill & Co. If you are like me and are obsessed with food, especially local food, you will appreciate those special ties that happen around the table. Holly Hill & Co. believes, like I do, that food creates connection and community unlike anything else. That's why they take care to strengthen the ties across the generations between family, the farmer, and the land, all the way to the food that ends up on your table. You can experience exactly what this means at one of Holly Hill's nine unique Central Kentucky restaurants and through their beautiful emails. If you're in Kentucky, be sure to find the nearest location and get ready for an amazing experience with the most fantastic food. Holly Hill's co-founder is none other than my dear friend, James Beard-nominated chef Weta Michael, who's been a force on the Kentucky food scene for over 20 years. Learn more about their incredible food community by visiting hollyhillandco.com, where you'll find stories, recipes, how-tos, and even curated gifts. Again, that's hollyhillandco.com, and let them know that Tao from Crankin' Boom sent you. If you've been listening to the show for a little bit now, you know that I believe in the emotional and magical power of food. A big part of the mission statement of Crank and Boom is igniting laughter and spreading joy. Ice cream is our gateway of delivering that to people, and Gold Belly is our partner in the actual delivery of our ice cream to all 50 states. They ship the most famous, the most regional, iconic food from all around the country right to your door. So even if you don't live in the place you grew up, but you really miss your New York bagels or Southern fluffy biscuits, you can get them shipped to wherever you'd like. Additionally, you can try foods from famous chefs like Nancy Silverton or Danny Meyer. Gold Belly is America's number one food marketplace for all your foodie dreams. If you haven't taken advantage of Gold Belly's amazing offerings, run over there right now to their website, goldbelly.com and ship yourself a little happy today. That's goldbelly.com, and be sure to add a collection or two of Crank and Boom ice cream to your cart while you're at it. You seem to have this great, and I will use the word balance, where it, especially how you show up online, Coach Colleen on Instagram, please go follow her. You show up and you talk about work, but then you also have these Wednesday thoughts and I feel like that's such a nice round way to like bring you as a person. Can you talk more about your random Wednesday thoughts and how you feel like that is a way that you show up online and how that is kind of like a mix of your work stuff, but then like the personal stuff as well? What I've really loved about it is I have been able to like be my full self. I always just think like, what are the pieces that I really do want to share 
What are the things that I'm excited about? What are things that give people insight into who I am as a person as well, beyond just the words? And it's really important for me that people recognize that, yes, this is what I do and I'm good at it, but I'm also a human being too. And I have problems just like you all do. And so I just have loved being able to share little pieces of me throughout the week to keep people in the loop. And it has become its own thing. Like people send me messages about random Wednesday thoughts at least three or four times a week. I think it's really important to cover social media. And because I think what a pitfall people might fall into is the game of comparison. And social media is a big culprit in that in seeing that my kids need to eat three vegetables a day and I should have my house clean. And there's all these outside voices that give you some perception of what your life should be. And I think it paints a lot of times, especially for women, an impossible picture of how you should operate your life. And this expectation that you should be able to do all the things is ridiculous. And I think that's part of boundaries too is setting your priorities. And sometimes life is going to be bananas. If I'm opening a new store, the kids will not see me for about six to eight weeks because that store needs my full attention. I have to be there. It's something that's important to me and I need to spend my time on. It's just how it is. My dad got cancer. That was where my full attention was. And so we all have seasons. So what are your thoughts on how to kind of have that mindset of, well, sometimes I'm going to have to be over here and sometimes, and how do we kind of piece that all together as just like life as a long game? Yeah. I think one of the most important things that anyone could do to start is to get clear on who you want to be. Who do I want to be as a person? How do I want to show up in the world as a person? And what are the values that are in alignment with that? And then where I think a lot of people miss is this next step of saying, what are the behaviors that are in alignment of those values? And so if I say that family is important to me, how am I showing up for my family? What does that actually look like for me on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis? And then when something else comes up, like when I was writing my book, I was getting up at four o'clock some mornings to write the book. Now, you know me. (laughs) You know, I like my sleep. I don't do mornings. But it was a temporary season of this is what I have to do in order to get this done. And every morning that alarm would go off and I would say, this is just temporary. This is just temporary. I think where people get into trouble is they don't create the temporary mindset around seasons, and then it just becomes their way of life. And that will get you in trouble every time. Yeah. And then you start getting resentful or you start mm-hmm. that that now temporary thing is a habit. And so it just keeps going and it's not the most healthy or fruitful habit. I know when kind of talking about mindset, when my dad was sick and he needed our 
100%, more than 100% full attention of the entire family. It was a full-time job of being there, supporting him, showing up for appointments, staying overnight in the hospital. What helped me going through something that's so hard was to try to keep life light. And our family uses humor to get through things. We've been through a lot of challenges and difficulties. And as a family, we've always just used humor. And I think for me, being able to keep things light, even when the world feels really heavy, has been helpful. And then I think gratitude also has helped because I would say to myself, I'm just so glad I have the flexibility to be able to do this for our family. And so really keeping that mindset of gratitude and finding, and sometimes you can talk about toxic positivity, but I'm very much a proponent of positive thinking and finding the light in things and having gratitude for the things that you do have. There's so many other things that could have been very bad in our situation. Yeah. And a couple things based off of what you just said. One of the things that I remind myself of often is it's supposed to be fun. Yes. Like life is supposed to be fun. I cannot imagine that we were created to just be miserable all day, every day. And so even in the hard stuff, how can I make this fun? How can I make this light? Where can I find moments of joy or laughter in the hard? Because if not, you will literally drive yourself crazy. And so you have to look for that. You said something really important that I think a lot of people forget, and that is how you talk about a situation. You said that you are so grateful that you have this job, that you can be that flexible. This simple shift of like, I get to do this versus I have to do this. You got this amazing opportunity to show up for your dad in an incredible way. You get to do that. And a lot of people don't get to do that. So what a gift it is that you get to do that, right? I tell people all the time, I get to own my business. I get to travel. I get to be a mom. I get to be a wife. I get to do all these things. Even when they're hard, I still get to do them versus have to do them. There's no rule that I have to do any of it. Right. Well, and that I think is probably one of the easiest things to do is if you do replace your have-tos with get-tos. I mean, what a shift that is in the way you look at life and the way you show up and the way you move through life. Because there's always going to be some torpedo, be it a pandemic or work things or life things or kid things. Like We're all going to go through things. And so if you set up a foundation for yourself on how you navigate when those things come. It's not, you know, if, it's when. And we all have various levels of pain and suffering and and all those things. But I, you know, I refuse to commiserate in misery because I just feel like there's just so much more to life than just talking to each other about how miserable we are. I love that perspective too. And I just think it's one of the simplest things that we can do. And that doesn't negate that something might be hard, right? Like I'm not saying pretend it's not hard. 
I'm not asking you to pretend anything, right? But what parts of it can you still find the gratitude for? Right. So tactically, you had talked about you don't check your texts or answer texts on the weekends. Are there any other like tactical things you do for yourself? How do you find a way to feel that balance? And what are some tactical, other tactical things that you do for yourself? Yeah, it's so funny because this morning I got an email from someone who had sent me an email on Monday that I had not had a chance to respond back to. And she said, I just wanted to check in because I hadn't gotten a response from your email. And it makes me laugh because I recognize not everyone views email the same way I do as if it is urgent, email is probably not the best way to get me that message, right? Because the reality of how it works for me is if I'm in with the company, I'm in with the company. And sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's three days. And I'm not in with the company and on my phone because if I was in with your company, you wouldn't want that, right? (laughs) So it's going to probably be a few days before I can get back to people on emails. I just don't have a sense of urgency about certain things that other people do. And I'm okay with it. Like, I I think (laughs) that's just me, but like, I'm just okay with sometimes it's not going to move as fast as what people want. And it's not because I don't respect people's time or respect what they need. It's literally a matter of logistics sometimes. And if we're honest with each other, very little is that urgent. You know, I want us all to kind of take a collective deep breath. (laughs) Just like, be like, we're okay. It's okay. We're all going to be okay. If I don't respond to an email in 24 hours, it's not because I'm mad at you. It's not you've done anything wrong. It's literally just priorities, right? Like there is only so much time in a day and there's only so much that I can do. And there's only so much that I'm willing to do in a day too. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn when I was first starting is that, you know, law of diminishing returns. At some point, it is not in the best interest of me or my company or my customers for me to continue working. (laughs) It's not good, right? So that's part of it. It's taken me a few years to kind of break out of this. But when I was in college, I was very, it was my badge of honor to schedule myself from 6 a.m. to midnight and be like, I'm so important that I have something to do every single minute of the day. And trying to maintain that is uh, bananas. And, you know, especially now, what has helped me is actually having kids is once we go pick them up. I try my best to turn off the other things because I want to be there for them. I want to talk to them. I try to to kind of switch into mom mode. So I I cook dinner. I got to clean up the kitchen, do non-work. It's my schedule now, right now, when I'm a little more busy, I do emails from nine o'clock to 12. And that's actually my very strong work time. And that's because I've grown up as a night owl. And so I'm not trying to create some badge of honor, but it's just when my good thinking time is and when my schedule allows it. So I think one thing that I learned from you that has helped me with that 
is like learning where your energy is and what time of day on Friday. I know I try very hard not to schedule meetings in the afternoon because my brain is all mushy by then. Can you speak a little more on that? There is such a focus on managing your time. I've talked before about how I'm not a subscriber of like the 5 a.m. club because I'm like, I would be the grumpiest, most miserable person at 5 a.m. And I don't think that the time is what's important. I think what you do with the time is what's most important. So if I got up at 5 a.m. and I'm in a bad mood and I'm still not getting anything done because I'm tired and in a bad mood, does it matter that I got up at 5 a.m.? No, right? So I'm really big on learning how to manage your energy versus managing your time. And so doing an audit, when do I have the most energy in my day? What days of the week feel like high energy days for me? As women, what days of the month feel like higher or lower energy days for me? And utilizing that information to create a schedule that is more conducive for you. I, I know that that sounds weird for people that have a more traditional job that maybe they don't have as much control over their schedule, but control the things that you can control. And so I'm always thinking through like, where is my energy best? How do I need to show up today? What days can I give myself a little bit of grace? What days can I take it a little easier? That is part of like, I think, thinking through who you want to be and what you want your life to look like is looking at your energy as well. Now, that doesn't mean that that doesn't change. And that doesn't mean that sometimes you have to do things even when you don't feel like doing them. You got to suck it up sometimes. But when you can control some of those variables, that's that's what you can control. I love that so much because I think sometimes it's easy to get trapped into, again, comparison, like, oh, I should be waking up at four and meditating and doing devotions. And, you know, that's what the perfect morning routine should be. And that that is great for some people. It will not be for me. So I think you just have to know you and, again, do an audit and be open to that change and trying new things. And one thing I kind of implemented once like our kids were not like teeny tiny babies, where for work, I try to just have a day that's just open and I protect it. And I call it my gummy bear day because I give myself permission to stay at home in my pajamas and eat gummy bears if I want to. And that's one of the benefits of being your own boss is that I can do that. Yeah. If we tr time travel back to the times of Thai Orchid, there are no gummy bear days. It's like every day you're just on and there's no space to do that. But that was a season and that was an unsustainable season to do forever. But putting the work in that time and dedication and sacrifice and energy pouring into that in that time, in that season has afforded me the ability to have gummy bear days now. And so I think, and this is, you know, 20 years later from when we started. So I think, you know, knowing your season, especially, you know, we are in a season of young kids. And so we're in our own little thick of things, but you won't always be in the thick of it. And so just loving and appreciating, and again, making life fun for whatever season that you're in, I think is really 
crucial. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's just that's so important to think, like, why am I doing this? And make sure you're giving yourself like, what is it that you're working towards? When I was first building this, I remember also saying to myself, what do I want most versus what do I want now? Right. And sometimes what I want now is not in alignment with what I want most. And so I'd have to choose, like, what do I want most And that would keep me motivated because I'm building this for a bigger reason than just today. Yes. And having that beacon to remind you when, you know, things hit the fan and when things are really hard. I've definitely had moments where I look around like, why, why am I doing this? It is not, it is not worth it to do all this grief and difficulty is not worth it. And then, you know, it passes and then I'm, I'm okay. But I think all of us have those moments where it's like, is this really worth it? Is it worth it? Maybe I should be doing something else. And that's also though, like the very first sign of burnout too, is when you start questioning that. That's the sign that you're burnt out. And it's like, okay, I need to take a break instead of just throwing the whole thing away. Yes. Either it's time for some time away or maybe you should be doing something else too. Yeah. 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 That's true. (laughs) That is true. If we could kind of summarize, what is the one thing that people should think about as they're thinking about creating, I would say, a more harmonious life versus like, finding balance because I again I think that's a misnomer. What would you say to them on how to live a more harmonious life? Start with the clarity of just asking yourself the hard question of who do I want to be? Who do I want to be in this world? How do I want to show up? And what are the behaviors that are in alignment with that? That is like breakthrough clarity. Because once you get that, you can start making decisions from that place instead of what you've always been doing. And if you keep doing what you've always been doing, you end up keep getting what you've always got. So think beyond who you are right now. Who do I want to be in this world? How do I want to show up? What are the values that I have? What are the behaviors that would be in alignment with those values? Ask yourself those questions, get that clarity, and then use that as your guide. I think that was amazing. That's just the best. And I'm so grateful that we got to chat. Again, we could chat all day, but I think there were so many good nuggets and life-transforming type advice that you've been able to share we're going to have to do this again and talk about more things. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Crank and Boom podcast. If you want business advice and tactics like this every week, click that follow button wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode with us. Also, if you like what you heard today, it would mean so very much to me if you would leave us a review. That helps other people find us. And I would also love to hear more about what topics you'd like for us to dive into on the show. I can't wait to meet you here again soon. Until next time. Peace. This is a production of Four Eyes Media.